0: and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Lawson. And this morning it's time for a movie review. Okay. Oh, you had something else you wanted to yeah, talk about? Yeah,
1: I wanted to talk about something else. Oh. It's actually kind of important.
0: Alright, go for it. Alright, so...
1: I gotta, I gotta, we'll do a movie, movie gotta, review later. I gotta fess up to something. Okay. Ready? Right. Ready? So, <clears throat> um, about five months ago, um, I met someone, and nice. this person, we we hit it off quite well, mm. and we started spending, you know, some time together. And I was like, man, this could be a really fruitful relationship. Yeah. Um, and that it was because eventually I asked this person if they wanted to study the Bible with me, and they said yes. And after like four months of studying the Bible, this person on the weekend decided to give their life to Jesus in baptism. Yes! So I was absolutely stoked. Yeah, by the way, this isn't a relationship announcement, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> but um, no, shout out to my friend Deishin. Um He's amazing. He goes to my church. And uh, yeah, Jesus has really worked deci- in big his Big decision life. on the weekend. And yeah, he's made the decision that, oh, no, I can. I can see the truth of the Bible. I can see that God is wanting to be a part of my life, and so I'm going to get baptized. So he's going to be getting baptized with two other people from our church who have also done Bible studies with other members and and workers in our church, Kengo and Matthew. They're all going to be getting baptized
0: together on the 4th of December. That's absolutely amazing. This is the best. This is the best, positively good news ever. And of course, big shout out to my friend uh, Aaron Brown up in Tari. Mm. I was in Tari on the weekend, and uh, one of his friends has made a decision for baptism as well. So so good. It's just the best. You can't get. You can't get better announcements yeah. than this. I think as well. It's just like
1: when it when it happens, you know, especially someone who's working in the church and is just wanting this for everyone. Who's just like, oh, and when it finally like people make that decision, they can see the truth and they choose. It's like, praise the. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
0: There you go. All right, give us a call right now, and we would love to hear from you guys. Or we a always text. Or a text. We love mm-hmm. to hear from our listeners, so uh, do call through or text. All right, Lyle, I cut yes. you off before, but now we're going to do the movie review. Movie review. So Lawson <laughs> and I went. Lawson and uh, uh, producer Shell and myself went to the movies yesterday. So the Faith FMT was there. Team was there in yes. force, representing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the movie was amazing. Uh
1: huh. The movie was called tortured for Christ, or oh, Sabina, colon, tortured for Christ the Nazi years. Yes. Yes.
0: And so, you know, we've all heard the story of Richard Wurmbrand and the, you know, the many, many years that he spent in prison for his faith in Romania mm. uh, during the communist years. It's a very famous story that is, you know, relatively well-known around the world even. Mm. But the story of his wife is a story I've never heard before, mm. never even heard it mentioned before. What an incredible story! Mm.
1: How much do we spoil because it's like a true story? Because I feel like because there's so much that goes on in the movie. Like it starts, with, it actually gives some background into like their relationship, how they got together, it tells the story, how she, how he became a Christian, how she became a Christian, which wasn't really included in the first Torture for Christ movie. It was just kind of like you dropped into the. And scene. And this is the thing: like, I
0: didn't know that neither of them were Christians. They were like atheists.
1: They're like. Secular Jewish people, which made their struggle all the more gnarly. Come time for for World War Two. Okay, so
0: this is a story that, in my you know, in my mind, was really a story of the about forgiveness mm. and the power of forgiveness. Yes. This is this is what I saw it as a story on the power of forgiveness and the power of Christianity what Christianity does in a person's life to convert a person and wow. to make a person into a new and different person. So it was a story of forgiveness and a story of conversion. Those were the probably the two big things that jumped out mm. to me. Was that sort of... Yeah,
1: but I think it was also like what it led to in the sense of... Because those themes are like present, and then the building blocks to the outcome for these people that they became you know, incredible missionaries for the faith. Like it was also faith put to action in like the worst... Circumstance, which is highlighted, I think, even more in the next movie. Uh, but but even in this dude, there are some heart
0: wrenching scenes. I think there were some tears in your eyes at T- times. Totally, awesome.
1: there was. Th- There's one particular. Cell was, was sobbing beside me at one particular like, point. I was like, I was like, dude, I had tears like from sadness, like it was. But then, you know, you there was two times with tears. The first time was like tears of sadness from this just absolute bomb drop moment that I'm not going to spoil, but it's just so heavy. Like you have no idea, but then it's followed up with tears of joy where you just see forgiveness and love and the power of Jesus. Working and redemption and redemption and the power of Jesus working in these people's lives. And it just like, and I love the way that it ends too. It kind of sets up, you know, what they're, what they're doing because this is a prequel to the, and this the, this is the first thing, movie. And this
0: is the thing non nonviolent redemption.
1: Yes. Because in
0: Hollywood you have stories of redemption every single day they put out a movie on on, on redemption and it is always redemptive violence. Mm, Totally. And this is the complete opposite of that and even possibly takes a little bit of a shot at Hollywood partway through
1: Oh yes,
0: and uh, <laughs> no. Well, I'll just. Well,
1: this which isn't was just, a spoiler. There's this scene where they go to the movies and they're just like, completely, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and these Hollywood movies they are so Hollywood. awful. It's, ed- it's just it's awesome. so funny. Like, uh, I was like, I turn to show I'm like, but we're watching a movie. <laughs> the
0: movies are awful, <laughs> and we're like,
1: but that's us. Like,
0: <laughs> but what it does is it draws a contrast in your mind, and you suddenly mm. go there's a massive contrast here in the stories that we are so often told and the contrast in the in the in the power of forgiveness the, the other thing that really struck me about this movie was that it's about two average people yes you know you see World War two stories you see Nazi stories you see Jewish stories um, these are quite popular in Hollywood particularly because there's a lot of Jewish people that run Hollywood and so they love to tell their story and that's that's fair enough and they're, and they're stories that need to be told. Mm. You know, you watch something like, say, for instance, Schindler's List and Oscar Schindler, you know, he was a an incredibly wealthy industrialist. Mm. I can't relate to that. I'm just an average Joe. Mm. But oh. when I watch the Voice of the Martyrs movies, I, I see people who are just like me being forced into impossible decisions. Yeah. And as they as the as they come up to these absolutely impossible decisions, I mean this is the extremes of the of the human experience and, and these people are hitting it year after year after year after year. These people are dealing with this for, you know, twenty, twenty-five years of mm-hmm. making one impossible decision after another, and they're an average Joe like you and I, and every time they come up to that decision, you're sitting there in the movie and thinking, What would what decision would I make at this point?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you see the decision they make and you think Wow, that was the right decision. Would I have made that decision if I had been there? And this is one of the things that, you know, both of the Voice of the Martyrs movies, I've come away with this very strong, this very strong, uh, I guess, impression of, you know, what would I have done? These are the most thought-provoking. And, you know, Shell and I went out afterwards and continued our date uh, well into the evening and the discussion just, you know, it's one of those movies where you just sort of, you discuss it and discuss it and, and break it down and talk about this yeah. bit, bit and that bit and the other bit.
1: Especially, like, as it begins and, you know, with true story movies, they're, like, the, all, as soon as you announce that, like, it's got anything to do with a true story, you're you're dealing with skepticism from the get go from the audience. I feel well, like, well, particularly
0: <laughs> when you, when when it when it starts off with you know this movie is based on true events. That that's right. And it's like, yeah, how much?
1: Whereas this movie starts off and this in the title card it says true story. Yeah, a, a true story.
0: Like it doesn't. Oh, does, uh, and then what you see when you see what actually happens in it. Yeah. And the climax is like you have got to be joking me. But again, it's like
1: bec- and I think it's because like. It hits so hard, as you've said, because they are regular people and what they go through is so intense, but so realistic in the sense that, like, as you were saying, like, you come and say, like, well, what have I done in that situation? Because you're, you're presented with a situation that is real, that we could end up in.
0: That's the other thing. This did not take place. These events are recent events. Mm. These are events that took place in the lifetime of my father. Mm. My father lived through these events. Mm. He's still alive. He's still, you know, fit and healthy and doing his thing. Uh, And and so this is not a long time ago. This is not like in the, you know, the ancient uncivilized past as, you know, people often talk about the past. No.
1: Or, you know, 2,500 years in the future or
0: something. Yeah, that's right. This is in our day. These things happen in our day. And we sit here in Australia and we think, you know, this kind of thing, we're so thankful we live in Australia where something like this could never happen. But it kind of did. Think again. Kind of like think again. It kind of already
1: did happen. Like it, this is already been, like I don't know when I think of World War II and like like being bombed in Darwin and you know so many like my my grandfather was shipped off to PNG to fight in the war. Like, yeah,
0: true. But did he have to deal with you know issues of Nazism? Did he have to deal with issues of communism? Did he have to deal with real issues of religious freedom? Mm. Did he have to you know? Spoilers again, but face possible firing squad and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, he dealt with the extremes of the human experience, no question, and extremes mm. just as big, mm. but from a very, very different perspective.
1: Yeah, but yeah, but what this is saying is, yeah, from from the religious perspective, particularly as as we view this as Christians and we think about our future and and what's just happened in our past, it's like, man, it's that's the thing. Like Rich, Richard and Sabrina Wormbrand, their story ultimately revealed that anyone can end up in this situation and um how do we go about it you know if if, if,
0: and 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 once again you so we sort of sort of look here and if if covid has taught us anything it's taught us how quickly how rapidly the world can change that's right Mm. and attitudes can change and you know it's just a tiny thing really covid compared to what they went through it's almost embarrassing to mention covid Mm. when you see this movie if you So, anyway, there's our movie review for today. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Fantastic stuff. Well... Looking through our news stories this morning, I thought about doing some uh, news stories in relationship to persecution of Christians because that mm-hmm. really is the theme of the movie that we, we, we just watched yesterday, uh, The Voice of the Martyrs movie. But the problem is that we've got Etienne McClintock from Voice of the Martyrs coming on further on the show. I'm like, well, I don't want to steal his thunder and I don't know which stories he's going to cover. <laughs> so I've kind of avoided those stories. Mm. But uh, we just had a text message come through here. Um, with another movie movie review, someone who saw the uh, Richard Wormbrandt movie, which was the first voice of the Martyrs movie, Mm. unfortunately couldn't see the Sabina one, Um, but have seen the shorts. I will have to wait until he can get it in a different way. He says, it's hard to believe that they made it through such pain. You're quite correct. The question to all of us is what will we do when our time comes? Mm. And it will come. Only the ones who truly know and love God will make it. Now is the time to develop that relationship, mm. for we know what the future will bring. Mm. Yes. Oh, yep, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, all right, so we have um, some... I, let's talk about some more serious news. I did say that we'd talk about Finland. Okay, yes. What's going on in Finland? So this has been going on for quite a while. I have reported on it before, but the latest development is that... A lot of Aussies are going there to get married. Is that th- there is that there is that, th- that is happening. There is that. Like, I do have how many friends do we know that have married I Finnish girls like, recently in my life? Like four, and considering how many Finnish people there are in Australia, for you to know four, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Anyway, um, let's see here. But the real news about the real news about Finland, is, news about Finland yeah. is that you've got a couple of people over there who are being prosecuted. Um, for basically defending the traditional family. Mm. They're being prosecuted for their religious beliefs and they are the Reverend Dr. Johanna Pajola. I am butchering these names. Apologies to my Finnish friends. And MP Dr. Uh, Paivi Rasanen. Mm-hmm. And uh, the United States... Uh, Six senators in the United States have asked that Finland be placed under special watch, which is a thing that they do in the United States in relationship to religious freedom violators because of this. So that's pretty full on. Um, So one of these, of course, one of these people is a Christian MP and the other is a Lutheran bishop. Mm -hmm. And they've both basically been – they're they're facing up to six years in, in, in imprisonment and this is because they were distributing a book that defends traditional marriage and the family and so forth. You know, you and I could easily get caught up in something like this. This wasn't a, a new book. It wasn't something they just sat down and wrote and, you know, it came out with, you know, some kind of violent statements or anything in it. It's a book that's been around for, you know, more than 17 years when they distributed it. So mm-hmm. it was well known and well read in Finland. Uh, it was something that, you know, most Christian churches kind of took for granted. But. The uh, Finnish prosecutors wanted to make an example and so they found the two most prominent people that they could find that had been involved in the distribution of this particular book and have gone after them to try and lock them up with potentially six years imprisonment. And you look at Finland and is Finland really... Do we think of Finland as being that different from Australia? Do we think of Finland as being, you know one of these countries that is, you know, steeped in communism or Nazi ideology or or some, you know, uh, ancient tyrannical monarchy or something like this or like dictatorship. Or yeah. No, Finland we see as being a modern civilised country on a par with Australia as far as freedoms go.
1: That's why so many Australians go over there to get married. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
0: This is not a culture that we have a lot of differences with. Mm. And so yeah, there's six Republican congressmen: uh, Chip Roy from Florida, uh, Michael Cloud also from Florida, By- Byron Donalds from Florida, Paul Gosar from Georgia, Judy um, Heiss from Georgia, and Doug Lamborn from Colorado, have called on the, uh, the the U.S. government to place Finland on under special watch because of their abuse of religious freedom. And so once again, we sit here in Australia and we say, you know, religious freedom isn't going to disappear in Australia. I'm just going to say that religious freedom is vanishing incredibly rapidly and we are only half a step behind Finland.
1: Mm.
0: And that's kind of disturbing. Disturbing and exciting because it does mean that Jesus is coming back soon. Mm. Um, So their trial is due to begin this January. Um the these United States uh, congressmen have uh, stated that their that Finland's membership in the OSCE uh, should be questioned as a result of it and that this will have a chilling effect on free speech. So not only is this an issue of religious liberty, but it's also an issue of freedom of speech. And the issue of religious liberty and freedom of speech go hand in hand. Mm. Because it's kind of pointless if you come to somebody and say, yeah, we give you absolute freedom of religion, you can believe whatever you want so long as you don't say a word about it. And that's kind of what they're doing in Finland.
1: It's kind of what they're doing in Australia too. It is very much kind kind of what they're doing at my local university. That's th- exactly that what's at. happening at your local <laughs> university that you work at. Where the, the things like, we accept, like, so this is the preamble to the the religious policy section, like, yes. um, for religious, the the faith policy section for religious groups, um, like religious clubs. It's like, we accept, you know, anyone's walk of life and what they've come from, from. And so, you know, we just want to let you guys know that you're fully welcome and accepted on campus to exist as a club. But if you run any events in which you promote your religion, uh, we will... The
0: affiliate. <laughs> Whereas if you have a different kind of club, say, a, for instance, uh, an LGBT plus club. Or the volleyball to, club
1: or the vegan but, club Yeah, like yeah. yeah ones that are ideology-based.
0: Ideology-based yeah. because yeah. these are all ideology-based. It's only religion. That's right where you're not allowed to present your ideology. Anything other than religion, you are allowed to present your ideology.
1: And thankfully, actually, changes are taking place. And, like, there was a few think pieces, like, and blogs and different things written about Newcastle Uni being, like, "Uh, this is... Totalitarian. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: uh, And and religion Actually, I
1: don't want to throw UON under the bus because it's not UON. It's the organisation that's made up of students that affiliate the clubs. Sure. So, so these, this isn't like the faculty or the head of UON, but, but then it's like, but then it's, it's a student body. It's a student body, but then Within at the same the... time, it's like, you know, it's UON it accepts their leadership. And so it's, but, but that, that, that means that, yeah, things are going down there. But it, the point is, is that it's exactly what we are seeing in Australia. Like I'm living it. Like yeah. we as a uni club, like we're living it. Like, oh yeah, you can be religious, but you just can't say anything about it and you can't share it and you can't. You, you act, And then it's like, at that point, you're not religious.
0: No, that's right, because there's no freedom of speech whatsoever mm. at all. Yes. And, you know, they're like, oh, you've got freedom of speech in these areas. That's not the point of freedom of speech. Either you have freedom of speech <laughs> or you or don't. You don't. Yeah, it is that right. simple. Mm. Um, uh, back in May 10, there was a group of academics in the United States who called for sanctions against Finland from the US Secretary of the Treasury. And... Uh, Yeah, so it's pretty serious stuff um, taking place over there.
1: You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: Well, joining us on the phone this morning uh, from Voice of the Martyrs is Etienne McClintock himself. Etienne, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Lyle, and good morning, Lawson, and also to dear listener. You guys are sounding very happy this morning, very jolly.
1: Yes,
0: we are. So uh, we went to see the Voice of the Martyrs movie yesterday, had an amazing time. Shell and I made a bit of a date out of it, and it was just fantastic. fantastic.
1: And I showed up to third wheel. It was, it was yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you, you didn't bring a date?
1: No, no, no. Um, oh,
2: well, he's <laughs> a young guy. you still hope for your brother, so that's all right. Maybe there's a... Maybe there's a dear young listener out there that uh, likes your voice and she may, you know, get in touch. Etienne, but you obviously want a, Etienne, godly, you want a godly woman like Sabina Wimbraith.
1: Uh, Etienne, we don't, you don't know how many times I get promoted. My singleness gets promoted on this show and how many times it has not elicited in a, a response from a beautiful young listener who apparently is with out that, there.
0: With, has the, with the character of Sabina Wimbrandt
2: Yeah,
1: that's right. So, yeah. you
0: know. Uh,
2: it, it just shows you there's a lady out there that's not forward who's a bit bashful, but, uh, yeah, she's the right one for you, and, you know, Lord <laughs> willing, one day you'll meet her. <laughs> <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear you guys enjoyed the movie. I heard you talking about it a little bit earlier, so that's fantastic. It's a great movie with a great moral message, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we launched it in most cinemas yesterday. There's still a few cinemas that have, uh, will be screening it. For example, in Perth, there's still a, a big church, like a five 500-seater church. They're very big, and they've got all the setup for it. Uh, CRC Church, they will be screening it Wednesday night at 7pm so if you have any listeners in Perth and then Victoria, because of the restrictions, you know, um, under COVID we've postponed it till the 5th of December so there's six cinemas in uh, in Victoria that will be screening it on the 5th of December, so there's some opportunities in Victoria to go and watch it and of course for those people who've missed out because some um, are not allowed to go in, uh, in Queensland for example, there's no restrictions uh, you don't have to be vaxxed or unvaxxed um, and so we had sellouts uh, in two cinemas in Brisbane, for example, where I was on the Gold Coast. Uh, we had about 60-odd people at the cinema to watch it, and everybody was really blessed. I mean, you're saying there's some emotional uh, parts to the movie, and that that is true, because it tells a story of just some ordinary people who lived for themselves and didn't really care about anybody else. It was all about money and pleasure and how they are transformed to now actually be self-sacrificing. I mean, they were just living for themselves, and now they live for others. And even for their enemies, you know, how Sabina wormland would risk her own life to help those people who would wipe out her entire family. I mean, that's really the gospel in essence, that you have to love your enemies and bless those who persecute you. So a very powerful movie with a very powerful message. But if there are churches out there or people who want us to come and share the movie with them, um, we're now happy to do that because we know not everybody was able to uh, obviously attend. It's not in every location. And also there were only limited seats as well.
0: Yeah, and this is one of the things that we've uh, received some text messages by people who, you know, down this way weren't able to attend because of, you know, vaccinations and so forth and are absolutely dead keen to find out, you know, where can they purchase a copy of the movie? Um, you know, this kind of thing. And so, uh, for those, for those states where it has already played in the cinemas and that opportunity no longer exists, uh, how can they, how can they ac- access the movie? Where can they buy it from?
2: Okay. Well, look, the movie is not available on DVD or Blu-ray yet. It will be in the new year at some stage. Um, But we are taking bookings. If people want us to come and screen it at their church group or at their church itself, uh, we're very happy to arrange for that. Um, And they just go to our website right at the bottom of our uh, website, our landing page, our homepage. They can just fill out a form there, just tell us where they are, their church, and then we can get in touch with them. Or they can just email us at info. At vom.com.au, com dot au, and we'd uh, we'd love to talk to them a little bit further about
0: that. Yeah, and I just like to encourage all of our listeners. You know, this is a fantastic thing to do with your church group. Just jump on, on- online there, vom com and uh, and and book this in for your church because if we don't support Christian filmmakers, we won't get Christian films. It is that simple. And this is a story. You know, As I mentioned earlier, a story of redemption that is so different from what Hollywood presents. It's not redemptive violence. It's redemptive forgiveness. And that's the opposite of what our world is teaching us. And we need more of this in our world. And if we don't support it, we won't get them. So let's give it as much support as we can so that we continue to get these fantastic productions.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, just a good moral story. It tells this story, actually. On what they were like before, and I remember when my niece watched it. She goes, "What um, Richard Wormbrandt could dance! I never knew he could dance," <laughs> because I mean, the man that we saw after the man that we saw in Torture for Christ*, the original movie we released in 2018. It was a very different man to the man that's introduced initially in the story when he was an atheist, a secular Jew, and before he met Christ.
0: Yes, absolutely. I was I, to be to, to honest, be honest, having seen the, fir- the the first one that you produced, the first. You know, 10, 15 minutes of this one had me all confused because I'm like, I don't know this guy. Who is this guy? What is going on here? Until you actually start to pick up, you know, what is actually taking place in his life. And it's just, Mm. it's just, yeah, it's a fantastic contrast.
2: Yeah. Well, look, what we do is we shift gears now, obviously, to uh, get this out to the churches, but also our Christmas care program is kicking in where we actually provide children who are impoverished because of persecution or their parents can't afford it, or they may even be orphans, with a Christmas gift pack. And this will include a children's Bible. It could uh, include school supplies or clothing or hygiene items or toys or Christian literature, food, educational costs. It varies from country to country, but there's a number of countries... You know, even from Egypt, Vietnam, Myanmar, Cameroon, Nigeria, except for Pakistan, where we have these $30 Christmas care packs. And I'm telling people now, listen, if you just, if you want to give me a gift, because we have a little bit of a, a tradition of gift giving with our family, just cheap your like $10 gift, you know, so you get them socks and you maybe get chocolates or another tie, which people don't wear so much nowadays. <laughs> I said, listen, just buy one of these. We'll, we'll then provide them with a little a gift card, a little postcard and saying, look, My gift to you was me buying a $30 pack for someone that is in desperate need. Because, I mean, typically in Western countries and countries like Australia, we don't really have those great needs that need to be fulfilled by gift giving. And I would appreciate so much more if someone gives me a Christmas card like this that's worth $30 but has gone to help a very needy child. Now, on our website, if you just go to our website, you'll actually see there the Christmas care quick link. And there's a few testimonies, just beautiful testimonies from Egypt and a few other places, Myanmar. This one, for example, is from a local pastor who says, our family would like to express their heartfelt gratitude and appreciation on behalf of our church for your gifts. Through your generosity and support, we were able to place a hand in hand a Bible to each child, and they've never had a Bible and they wanted it badly. Now, I was telling people uh, last night, sorry, no, Saturday night when I spoke to the church, that so when I was nine years old, my parents gave me a Bible. And while I politely the to receive received it, I was very disappointed that I actually didn't get a toy for my birthday. This is my ninth birthday. But here we have these children who want the Bible so badly because their parents treasure it, and they treasure it. It's scarce in those countries. And it even goes on to say with this in that your gift and generosity was a perfect provision for every one of them. And another testament just says that, you know, we had these great needs, and we can see through your practical gifts and god cares for us he loves us and he wants us to flourish spiritually and also you know we have food in some of these uh, packs as well he wants us to um flourish physically as well so that's one of the things that we're uh, we're dealing with at the moment the christmas care but if we have time i've got a couple of stories i want to put together out of india
0: mm, for sure
2: would love to yeah, hear yeah. so yeah now look uh, quite often we can read stories in isolation but these stories are connected so we're going to go to the Chhattisgarh state um, where a Hindu priest actually calls for the beheading of Christians. Now, at his speech, which was a, a religious speech, the BJP ruling party had members there as well. So speaking at this rally, this Swami, his name is Paramatmanand, uh, called for targeted killings of Christians involved in alleged forced conversions. Now, no one forces anybody to convert in Christianity. Well, we know that but they use this simply as propaganda to uh, incite hate towards Christians. They even sometimes say that these Christians will bribe other cr- people to become Christians. Now, a lot of the people that share the gospel, there are impoverished, they're poor, they hardly have enough money for their own food, and then they <laughs> say that these people come and they, they have some sort of prosperity gospel where they're going to get money or get wealth just by becoming a Christian. That's not true either. But Eddie speaking at this rally He's calling for targeted killings of Christians involved in the lead sports conversions. Um, and uh, as I said, the rally was attended by members of the BJP party there. He said, behead them, those who come for conversions. So if you go and knock on the door, he's already saying, just kill them when they come to your door. And he says, you, um, you'll know uh, that I'm, I'm, you think I'm spreading hate, but he says, I'm a saint. Because he is actually a religious band. Uh, He said, but it's important to ignite the fire sometimes. Anyone who comes to your house, your street, your neighborhood, your village, don't forgive them. And he's a prominent leader in Charisgar. So the rally was actually entitled Stop Religious Conversion. Now, that was a a, a speech that he actually did uh, last month. So this was in October. Now, a lot of them are using, there's nine states out of the 29 in India that actually have anti-conversion laws, so it's illegal to uh, to become converted or to even convert someone. And so a lot of people are using these narratives now to um, um, actually support their actions of hatred towards Christians. Now, just last weekend, so uh, not this weekend gone by, this last weekend, a uh, Christian community in India's Shalazgarh state was brutally attacked by a mob of radical Hindu nationalists. And so the attack left nine Christians seriously injured, including three who were hospitalized. So you have a, a, a speech made by a prominent person supported by the political party. And then within a matter of weeks, you have this, this attack. So this was on Saturday, the 6th of, of November, a mob of 15 radical Hindu nationalists attacked 14 Christian homes in Metapal village, which is at the, I always struggle with this name, Dante Wada district. So the local Christians report that the mob it uh, was led by four men, and they even named the men there, Joga, Lakman, Magda, and Suka. And they went from house to house attacking Christians uh, in that village. And the whole uh, concept behind is that they actually wanted to free this village of the scourge of Christianity. So they were holding fists, wooden clubs, and other objects. And they beat the Christians, including women and children. And they attacked that non-Christians, seriously injured, some with broken bones, dislocated joints, and many with head injuries. And Santu is one of the teenage boys. He was actually carried by four people to the hospital like he was dead, but luckily he survived. And also Pastor Sakil who was a survivor of the attack, said that um, he suffered multiple fractures to his legs and hands. Now, following the attack, uh, you've got Mogadi, Santu, who were taken to the the Wire Hospital in critical conditions. Um, Police registered the first information report against 15 members of the mob, but there were no immediate arrest threat after that. And we just see that this incited limit of hatred is causing more and more Christians to attack, and the attacks are getting more intense and also greater in number. And recent reports you know, by the United Christian Forum actually documented over 300 attacks on Christians just taking place in the last, well, the first nine months of this year. Some groups actually have it higher than that. But it just shows you, if you want to look at you know, um, totalitarian Uh, regimes or even states where there's totalitarian uh, laws and how Christians have to suffer under that. We we know in Australia at the moment we are what we would call probably under soft totalitarianism. And we consider some of the laws that are currently being discussed um, in Victoria just to give unprecedented powers to, um, you know, uh, one man or even a group of men. And we see things shifting. There's so much we can learn from the persecuted church and the underground church in particular and I think we need to get our mindset ready and prepared that animosity towards Christians will increase. We already see the storm clouds forming on the horizon here in Australia, but there's lots and lots we can learn from the underground church. And I encourage people, to go onto our website, and we just sign up to our newsletter, and let us be a voice through our newsletter, or even our weekly persecution, or pray for the persecuted email that we send out.
0: I think it's particularly relevant, Etienne, uh, you know, that we, we look at where we are in Australia and where we are headed in Australia. You know, in light of the movie that we watched last night, that, you know, Lawson Schell and myself watched last night, uh, the Voice of the Martyrs has put out because, you know, you, you look at those times and, you know, if you're living in Romania, you would have gone, yeah, it's not going to happen in this country. It's, you know, totalitarian rule isn't, isn't going to be something that's going to happen. And then it came with just blinding force and happened overnight. Etienne, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, uh, we're going to continue on.
2: Thanks for being a part of the Faith F. Family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.